Leilani, you've been a nurse for close to, to 25 years professionally. Have you ever experienced anything like the COVID pandemic? No, this is absolutely um, a, a different experience from anything I think anybody in our profession has ever seen. How do you and, and your fellow nurses cope with the intensity of this and and witnessing the suffering that's going on? How, how do you deal with it? Well, me personally, um, I, I would say that I I have understood a deeper level of trust with Jesus. You always know that you need him, but I recognize I'm absolutely nothing without him. And to be able to do what I do and still go on every day and not break down, um, I recognize that is just the Holy Spirit that gets me through these really rough times. Could you take us through what a typical day might be for you, what what you do, what you see, how you help? Sure. So in this pandemic, we've had multiple different um, surges and times where we think that um, the it's it's almost the end, but or the light in the tunnel is showing, and then we come right back to where we began, and sometimes worse than where we began. Um, as a supervisor in the ICU, I oversee uh, and help manage the unit during my shifts that I am there, um, as well as continue to be on the floor and take care of uh, patients at the bedside. Um, a typical day for me would be to come in, um, see where the unit is at. Do we have enough nurses on the unit? Do we have enough help to do to take care of even the amount of patients that we have? Sometimes we we just don't, and we're you know scratching the surface trying to get as many nurses as much help as we can, going to other units trying to get as much help as we can to take care of these patients appropriately, and then going about our day. It's just uh, I, I would say. During surges where we have very painful times where there's so many deaths, um, those are the hardest days. There are some weeks um, that we have, even in a 12-hour shift, maybe three deaths at a time, multiple code blues, um, rapid responses. And again, it depends on what is going on with the population we're serving at the time, meaning to say if patients are there for a very, very long time, you know, they often die within a certain amount of time, and then these deaths come very, very quickly. And when these deaths come quickly, it's a, like a revolving door. The emergency room has more patients waiting for us to come in, and that cycle starts again where we have patients there for weeks to months, sometime on end, until they die. So it's not easy um, because we, we seem to face this on a daily basis. Have you been in the position where you've seen someone that looked very close to passing and the situation has turned around? Yes, there were, especially in the beginning, we did not understand this. We didn't understand this disease and we're still learning the disease. But I would say um, many times where I've seen people where I think that they're going to die and and it just blows our mind that they even got out of the hospital. Um, personally, I, one of my friends, actually, who is a hospital worker, he ended up getting COVID, and um, he was on life support measures for over 47 days, and we thought for sure he was going to die. We started prayer circles, and even outside of his hospital room, on the grounds of the hospital, because we couldn't go in, um, where we would have prayer meetings um, look and praying over his hospital room. By God's grace, he actually survived. He survived to this day. Um, that is probably one of the greatest miracles I've seen because he was on uh, the life support measure called ECMO that 
you should have died. Nobody stays on ECMO that long. Um, but the persistence and the prayer of God's people surrounding him, I really believe God saved his life to show us a miracle at that point. So, yes, I have seen it happen. Have you been in a position or a situation where a patient is clearly going to pass away, is lonely, family can't be around? Are you ever in a position to, to say something encouraging to them? Absolutely. Uh, I make the time to actually go. I remember this one story in particular. A gentleman came down as a rapid response, or basically that means it's an emergency, down to our unit. And it was heartbreaking because he was not much older than I am. I'm almost 50. This guy was probably 51, and he was so afraid. And I knew that he wasn't doing well, and he he looked at me with so much fear in his eyes, and he just kept asking me, please tell me, am I going to die? Are, am I going to live or am I going to die? And he's begging me with tears in his eyes. And at that point, I, I just took his hands. And I knew that we we're about to intubate him. And at that point, our, our intubation, once you get intubated, your survival rate like was probably 10 20%. I knew he had a really poor chance of making it through that. I took his hands and I looked him in the eyes with all my gear on. I know all I could see was my eyes. So to be able to express what I was going to say meant so much at that point and to calm him down. And I just said to him, I don't know if you're going to die. I can't promise you anything, but I know that we're going to take great care of you. And I know that Jesus is here with you in this room right now. He couldn't speak much. So at that point, I actually led him through a salvation prayer because I said, I don't know if you know Jesus. I'm going to pray this with you right now. If anything happens to you, know that your spirit is always going to be alive to speak to him. And I just said the sinner's prayer with him. And not long after that, he got intubated and died two weeks later. So I don't know if at that point he was able to accept Jesus, but I know spirit to spirit, I would go into his room every time I was there and I would speak to him and pray over him. And I've done this many times when I go in the room and I will just pray over them. And I know they're sedated, they're comatose and in a medically induced coma, or they, they're not, they're unable to, um, they're unable to communicate anymore. We don't even know what's in their mind, but I know that their spirit is still there. And I just begin speaking to their spirit and whatever God has on my heart to speak to them at that moment, I, I say it to them. So I do that quite often. I understand that, um, there have been prayer events specifically for nurses, for doctors, for medical professionals in the San Diego area. Can, can you tell us about what you've heard or what you've taken part in? Yes. Um, so in San Diego, we've had um, this this prayer event called We Pray San Diego. And this last one that we had that was started by Pastor Miles McPherson at the Rock Church, specifically uh, we were praying for healthcare workers and what's going on with this pandemic at this point. I was so grateful to, to be a part of that, to uh, just be included in there and to be asked, what do healthcare workers need? And I will tell you, I, 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 God reminded me of the story of Abraham pleading before God for Sodom and Gomorrah. And I knew that there was something so significant about that, of going before God on our hands and knees and pleading for compassion and mercy. And I, I know that, you know, that my heart was heard because Pastor Miles asked me specifically, what do you want us to pray for you? Because, you know, most people don't understand what it's like 
to walk in our shoes and live the life of, of an ICU nurse or a healthcare worker that works in the ICU. You can't see it. Um, we can only speak about it because our, our eyes our eyes can't even show you what we see. But the pain that healthcare workers are feeling today, I've seen so many healthcare workers suffer from compassion fatigue and secondary trauma because of what they've experienced, having to be the gap to close the between the family and the patient when they're dying and holding their hand when they're dying, but to experience that over and over and over again is exhausting. And I knew that this, this, when the city of San Diego was able to come together and pray for us, I felt the prayer of God's people. I really, really did. And I remember coming back to work that very same evening and feeling such a load was lifted. And I was able to tell my coworkers, we prayed for us specifically today. Know that God's people are praying for you. Know that you are being lifted up and that there is hope, um, that we can give hope and receive hope because as caregivers, we're probably the worst at taking care of ourselves Um, and having other people take that burden alongside us was so powerful. It was a powerful and moving moment to hear God's people pray for us at that point. So if someone is listening to our, our podcast right now, regardless of where they live in the United States or Canada or UK, wherever, how could they specifically pray for the medical professionals in their community? What, what would you recommend? I would pray first for the peace of God that would flood the hearts and minds of, of those who are in the medical profession. They have a loss of hope watching patients die constantly and not being able to practice medicine like we, we wanted to. Um, we see so much more death than we see healing. So I want you to pray for, for peace, for hope, and, and a new, kind of like a, a new trust in Jesus, knowing that there is an end to this, that he is the answer, knowing that um, I've been thinking about the scripture that God gave me even today um, in Second Corinthians about being crushed on every side, um, but we're in, and, and not being destroyed, and that we are perplexed. Um, I mean, we're not being perplexed, even though these things are hitting us. And I know that it's only the the prayer of the people to go out, um, being sent out in the word, because I know that when your words are being spoken in the heavens, they will reach the earth and reach the ears of God. They never return back void. So please pray that that the people, whether they're saved or not saved, men and women of God, that they'll be uh, that actually work in the hospitals are able to bring the word of God somehow in the workplace. Pray that the words that we speak will bring life to people that are there, and pray that that our hearts would find the joy even in this pandemic. And whatever you can, even though you don't know them, when you see them, thank them. If you see someone that you know that works in the healthcare field, thank them. Quite often, this is a thankless job. It really is. Um, and, and when people see the pandemic is kind of out of the picture of the of the media, like you know, there was a time when we first started, healthcare workers were the heroes, and it's kind of waned a little bit. But when you see them, thank them and let them know that you still remember, that you know what's that they're still hurting and that people are still suffering. And the sacrifices that they've made mean something. Yes, I would say that. All right. Leilani, I really appreciate your sharing your heart with us. 
You're welcome. Thank you for letting me share my heart.